You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home an auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Monday Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Yes, we are still doing this. Yes, we're going to do it three times per week. I've got the three best words in the English language for you. Yankees off day. The Yankees are not playing on Monday, April 19th. They can't lose on Monday, April 19th. The New York Yankees are undefeated on Monday, April 19th, 2021. Unfortunately, they carry a five-game losing streak into this Monday, and I'm tired of being told it's too early to panic about things that happened last year and throughout 2019 and 2018 and parts of 2017. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it, but certainly less happy than we were to answer it a couple weeks ago. Thomas Carinante, what's up? What's going on? The it's too early crowd. I look, I get it. I understand baseball seasons turn around five and 10 is only 15 games. There are 147 left to go. I get it. You do not need to explain baseball to me. That doesn't mean I'm not extremely concerned by a trend that every player on this team has a concerning trend right now. There's no one whose line is spiking in the right direction except Garrett Cole. And that's one pitcher and you can't make your future on that. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. I'm here. I'm back uh, with you every day. It's 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 truly great. I thought we'd be out of business by now because the Yankees are garbage, but uh, business seems to be booming whenever they're playing like this. To be honest with you, I don't really know what else. What, what else are we going to say? What else there? What else is there to be said after after just another loss? We kind of predicted that uh, we didn't predict a sweep, but we predicted a lackluster series because probably the worst opponent they could have had after uh, after dropping those two to the Blue Jays earlier in the week was the Rays who kind of put them in their place the weekend before and gave that like gift wrapped the gift wrapped them a win uh, last Sunday 
which people thought the Yankees would be using that as as kind of a springboard to turn things around. But nope. Why would you do that? Why would you do that when you have any possible opportunity to turn things around? Uh, things are not looking good for the Yankees. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. I really am not. Uh, I, I definitely will. At this point, the I'm embarrassed to be a fan. It's like the Yankees are like the weird uncle at the holidays with the shitty like perspectives and political views that you're just like, eh, I don't know that guy, that, 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 that guy, my uncle. Nope, not him. Yeah. You <laughs> sure are a relic from the past. aren't You <laughs> <laughs> it's Man, you like... live on earth in 2021. Really? You? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, I, I can't even. And then I got friends text me. Oh, Yankee fans are scumbags because they're throwing the balls on the field on Friday. And I'm like, if you even knew, man, like that's, that's like not even bad at this point. Like I'm surprised. I'm surprised bodegas aren't burning to the ground and, and, you know, people are walking on top of taxi cabs. Uh, but before we get angrier and before we start yelling more uh, sponsors. Yeah, we got a sponsor for the podcast, folks. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. Unlike the Yankees, who are doing absolutely nothing good for their body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect, perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that... It is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. How about that? For the last eight years, we have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. And folks, if you're interested, they're offering 15% off when you use the code MINUTE, M-I-N-U-T-E, at earthechofoods.com slash MinuteMedia. So if you want it, head on over there, use the code MINUTE, M-I-N-U-T-E, and uh, it's been one exactly one minute since we've been angry at the Yankees. So why don't we just why don't we just do it and unload now? Let's let's go. Sure. Um, so the uh, po- positives. Um, oh, po- yeah. positives. How do you say that word? <laughs> positives. I, I, I haven't seen one in a long time. I mean, Garrett Cole. Great. Great pitcher. Good major league pitcher. Um, you could quibble with the fact that he couldn't keep Yoshi Tsutsugo from breaking a tie in the seventh inning yesterday. I actually might quibble with that, but I do whether it's Cole or it's someone else, or it's the Darren O'Day, Joey Wendell at bat. Somebody's breaking that tie. The Yankees, the Yankees aren't just lose. uh, I said positives eight seconds ago, and I'm already not being positive. (laughs) Here's the positive before I go too far off the rails. The level of competition has been heightened. I don't know who made this schedule. I don't know if I was blinded by the fact that the Yankees weren't going to be facing the Red Sox until mid-June. I was kind of excited. I was like, damn, they gave us a break to start next year. No Sox games. Like whether No matter how good the Red Sox were going to be this year, those games are always annoying. They're eternally annoying. And we somehow own them in 19 and 20. So we're due for sort of a backslide in the rivalry here, at least closer to 500. For like a decade and a half, those the Yankees Red Sox season series were always like 9-9, 10-8 or whatever. So it was bound to be annoying. We didn't have any until June when they hoped the stadiums were at fuller capacity. And I was like, awesome. What a great schedule. Uh, Toronto for three. Baltimore for three. Bad team. 
Tampa in Tampa for three. Toronto in Toronto for three. Tampa comes home to us for three. It's just Tampa and Toronto. We got a Baltimore reprieve, but it's just the other two supposed contenders in the AL East over and over again. And by the way, the Yankees, quote unquote, can't win at the Trop, right? They can't win at Tropicana Field. They're two and seven in their last nine at the Trop and one and eight in their last nine at Yankee Stadium. So shut the fuck up briefly about how the Trop isn't a major league stadium and it's for poor people and it's just Yankee fans in the stands and all these funny jokes from 2007. The Yankees are worse at Yankee Stadium against the Rays than they are at Tropicana Field. So poverty franchise, everybody on Twitter between the ages of 19 and 22 can't get it through their heads that maybe individual good seasons aren't conducive to team success and that maybe the Yankees copycatting the Rays, quote unquote. Maybe there is a middle ground, you know, where you copycat the Rays at a certain payroll advantage because learning from the Rays isn't the worst thing in the world because they own you at home and on the road. So maybe there's some, maybe it's, you know, it's not the cheapness that you want to learn from the Rays, but it's the blending of analytics and personality. And it's the looseness of the clubhouse. And it's the management style of Kevin Cash. They own real estate in the Yankees heads right now. And so maybe mocking the Yankees for copying the Rays isn't the, that maybe that's not the road right now because the Rays own us at home and abroad. Uh, I started that by saying positivity. Really the only positive I have is that the schedule does get easier. The Yankees are about to play uh, a long stretch of games. Atlanta tomorrow and Atlanta Wednesday. Two game series with Atlanta. Hate to see that. And guess who pitches Tuesday's game, Thomas? Who? Exactly who you don't want to see. Longtime Yankees enemy, Charlie Morton, oh, uh, who's been bad this year, but we can't hit breaking balls in general, and he's got those. So those two games with Atlanta, Atlanta's record's bad. Obviously, they'll rebound, though. I feel much more confident in Atlanta than I do in our roster. Uh, then we go to Cleveland for four. Cleveland is a bad offensive team with an 8-7 and seven record right now. I'm sure in one of those games you get Shane Bieber, but facing Cleveland on the road, currently theoretically easier than facing Tampa either at home or on the road. Same with Toronto. Then you go to Baltimore for four. Then Detroit comes in for three. Detroit is now struggling to score runs too. Maybe we both get hot by the time those games roll around. I certainly don't know, but I'd rather see Detroit on the ledger than the teams we've already played. Then Houston comes in. Houston is, uh, are they going to have all their starters back at that point? Probably. We'll see where they are. They're easily the best team on this docket. And then the Washington Nationals come in. So, uh, gets it gets better schedule wise, but the flip side is there's absolutely nothing to extrapolate in terms of being an underlying factor that should bode well for the Yankees' success in these games. Regardless, uh, the Yankees are the get right game for struggling teams right now. They're yeah. not a team that you can look at the schedule at any point and be like, oh, they're going to sweep that series. I'll take two to three there, get right back on track. They need to prove something and show me anything on the baseball field before I can start extrapolating the schedule and being like, oh, win, win, loss. Well, that's a win. They'll struggle against Shane Bieber, maybe work out a win. Right now, they struggle against everybody. They struggle against Ryan Yarborough, who opened yesterday's game with a 6-6-2 ERA. They couldn't hit Michael Waka. Um, and Thomas, I mean, let's keep yelling. Like, I'll, I'll toss yeah. it to you for some yelling. But perhaps the most frustrating thing about this team right now is not that they are losing and not that they are being dominated by superior competition, which is annoying enough because there wasn't supposed to be any superior competition. It's that they are letting hittable middle middle pitches go by over and over again, whether they're breakers, changeups, or fastballs. The plot of the pitches they couldn't hit against Michael Waka in a six-inning, one-hit, nine-strikeout game, it's just clusters of 93, 94-mile-an-hour fastballs middle-middle. If you can't hit those, you're not playing the same sport as your opponent. 
the losses are fine. Let's let's get this out of the way before people we do. We do get that April crowd in here saying, oh, it's only April. Losses are totally OK. Losses you can come back from five and ten. They've done you it can. before. The 97 yeah. Yankees did it. It's not about precedent. No, it's it's not at all. You it, it, uh, you could lose. You could you could lose five of your first, you know, 20 and and still be fine but the manner in which the yankees or you can win five of your first 20 and still be fine the manner in which the yankees are losing is beyond discouraging because the 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 taking of the pitches is is out of this world this is supposed to be an aggressive lineup with hitters who are thinking ahead of the opponent on the mound and they are not doing that they are letting the they are letting every pitcher dictate the at bat every pitch is a first pitch strike they let it go Every almost seemingly every obviously we could we could do a breakdown. We could we could sit back and try to look at exactly how many counts turn out this way. But if you've watched enough Yankees baseball at this point, I don't think you need a scorebook and I don't think you need to be taking notes to see that every fucking count is 0-2 or 1-2. And then and then smart pitchers like you have on the Rays go outside and then the Yankees chase that because they're worried about protecting the plate. And that's how the at bat ends. That's how every at bat is ended for Giancarlo Stanton, pretty much aside from his couple of home runs. Um, Clint Frazier, I, I cannot, I don't know what he's doing. Once again, this is the third podcast in a row. I am, I am very confused at what he's doing. He has let, uh, per talking Yanks, I saw that this morning. He's let the most balls over the middle of the plate go without flinching, without swinging the bat. Um, for a guy with lightning quick bat speed who is supposed to be able to kind of get a read on the ball as it's coming out of the pitcher's hand and react properly and turn on it, which was the, the trademark Clint Frazier we, we thought existed is, is not there. He's and, and I'll defend Aaron Boone for a second because there's a lot of, a lot of things that Aaron Boone does that I don't like. I don't like how he's not a motivator. I don't really like that. He takes too long to make lineup changes. I don't like how it takes too long for him to remove a pitcher from the game, but what do you want the guy to do? You want him to keep starting Clint Frazier. I understand that there is the theory that, Hey, you keep taking Clint Frazier out. How is he supposed to get regular reps? Of course, he's going to continue his slump if he's not seeing the ball regularly. But guess what? He can't play defense, really. We saw what he did with his throw. Was the, that that bad throw was yesterday, right? I, I feel like I'm just caught into uh, I'm just caught into a vortex of of, of absolute. The bad shit. throw was yesterday. The most yeah. confounding play of the day, in which like. Clint Frazier is somehow the only cocky player in Major League Baseball whose skills never translate into anything flashy. They just translate into like, I don't understand how you could have the highs and lows. Last year, he was cocky and he mashed the baseball and he attacked balls in the zone mm. and he played gold glove defense. It was awesome. Yeah. There's nothing better than having a cocky player who's going right and who's hot. And this year, he's still like the cockiest guy. He's wearing 96 champs t-shirts and he's like air mailing throws to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, right, the yeah. cutoff man. It was I called it the bizarro Jeter flip play. It's like, why is Garrett Cole there? Why is Garrett Cole fielding a ball? Why is any of this happening? Um, yeah, it's like Frazier should be the ultimate like immune to slumps guy. Like, shouldn't he be just attacking pitches? Like, shouldn't his problem be that maybe he's chasing a little and not that yeah. he's being passive? Well, that's the problem, because you think that when you're slumping, the solution would be, OK, I'm getting a first pitch strike. So let's jump on this. I'm an experienced hitter. I I can I can probably get I could get you could probably guess more times than not that you're that you're going to be getting a favorable pitch on on the first throw. We've seen it. 
they're they're the pitchers are not afraid to attack the Yankees, which is now which is now the problem because nobody is scared of them. What was the biggest issue with the Yankees these last few years? Because their lineup was so good and deep. It was how am I possibly going to pitch to hitters one through nine and give you know, hitters two through six pitches to not or one through six because DJ's batting at the top, uh, uh, a tough pitch selection. They don't care. Nobody cares anymore. Now they know that I think um, I think the Yankees have seen the third or second fewest fastballs in the league because now teams have just adapted and they said, great. Giancarlo Stanton, all you do is hit fastballs. Great, man. Here's uh, three sliders, a changeup, and a curveball. He can't hit anything off speed. People, if you watch tape and you watch baseball, you understand you understand players' tendencies. It's obvious. So teams have adapted, and they know to, how to attack the Yankees now, and they're clearly not afraid. However, you would think that if the I don't know, you would think that they would have caught on to the fact that they're seeing more off speed than anything because it's it's the evidence is overwhelming and they're not hopping on anything. They're not every swing is early. They're not late on a single thing. They're swinging out of their shoes and their helmets are flying off. They're they're they're, they're tripping over their cleats because they're 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 trying to cream the ball and every single every single pitch is like 10 miles an hour slower than than whatever they're expecting at this point it's beyond the mental for them. It's like fans. This is not a look. I don't want to, I know it's April, but based on this team's DNA and this team's personality and this team's ability to rebound, this is not a New York team. This is not your classic New York team. This is, this team is relatively soft. I know that every single player on this team could kick my ass and I, I probably mm-hmm. welcome it at this point. Cause I don't care. Uh, but there, there is no response there. It, it, it's everybody continues to sink further into their shell. When there's any sort of adversity, whenever they're getting punked by another team, whenever the media questions get tough, whenever the fans start flipping out, it's just, it's not there. And you can tell based on this approach at the plate, because if you, if, if your supposed DNA is aggressive hitting and fearful offense, and you have found zero, they have found zero ways to adapt in 15 games against relatively inferior competition. The Rays are still missing a ton of their productive pitchers. The Blue Jays don't have a good pitching staff. The Orioles are 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 the Orioles. They managed to cream them in two of those games. But I mean, at this point, they had 11 hits in three games versus the Rays. They scored seven runs in three games versus the Rays. And that that is bottom of the barrel offense. And at worst, this Yankees team should be middle of the pack when they're slumping. And it just goes to show that there there is no fight in this team right now. Oh, sure, am I optimistic? It could turn, I'm not exactly optimistic that it'll turn around. Do I think it could? Certainly not out of the question. But the the team lacks the aggressiveness. They clearly it's beyond the mental for them because they don't understand the basics now. They don't swing the bat. They don't play defense. They can't base run. Uh, pitchers are not to knock Garrett Cole, but like even Tyone last week, like you just got to get Josh Palacios out. You just have to get Yoshi Susugo out. Like that, those are things that just have to happen. Um, and that, that that's the assessment so far. It, it sucks to say it and it sucks to kind of light on more fire under their ass and have me, a guy who doesn't really play baseball and just talks about it, kind of grill them. But this is where we're at because it's embarrassing. It's just flat out embarrassing at this point. And it, when it gets embarrassing for the fans, that that's when, you know, it's, it's literally rock bottom. Yeah, we are going to take a quick break when we come back. More of the same. Who am I kidding? Stick around. 
Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app in RideCoda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Yeah, so the only reason that we're sort of acting like the Rays are superior competition is because of the way they've owned us for a year and a half straight. Rays can't beat anybody but the Yankees right now. The pitchers the Rays have thrown at the Yankees, Rich Hill, over uh, I mean, a retired player, like a Jay Bruce-level retired player, Rich Hill, not really a baseball guy at this point, Chris Archer for two innings, and then the bullpen. Um, who pitched the third game that they actually won? Oh, it Brent Honeywell and Michael Waka combination. The Yankees won that game, uh, but it took 10. Yeah, full it took, yeah, well, it took they didn't score until what? They, Brent Honeywell shut them down for two, two and change. Yeah, and then something? they rampaged on Waka for oh, an inning. Okay. Then the Rays tied it up. Then the Yankees blew 800 chances, and then Rugen and yeah. Odor eventually yep. broke the tie. Um, remember uh, another sidebar when we said Rugnet Odor, this trade makes no sense, but at least the, you know, he, if Rugnet Odor matters in the 2021 Yankee season, we'll have bigger problems to fry. Uh, guess what? He started like every game since he's arrived here. So yeah. clearly we have bigger problems than that. Um, then the Rays come to New York and it's Waka as a full starter, not like a guy follow a bulk guy following an opener, starting a game. Then it's Tyler Glass now, a game the Yankees could have won. Should have. Probably should have. Their best performance was in the Tyler Glass now game. And they let Base him run. off the hook. Basically, <laughs> style. But like of, of these five games I've listed so far, the Yankees' best performance on offense was against Tyler freaking Glass now, a man with an under one ERA. And then Sunday's game was Garrett Cole against uh, an opener and a guy with a, a high sixes ERA also. So. To have the Rays go five and one against you in those games, that's got to be a four and two Yankees advantage right there. I'm sorry. Uh, you are not going to get an easier. The Rays are never going to give you an easier set of six games ever. No, they're Maybe really in the not. Next five years, you will never get an easier set of pitching problems. Uh, Rich Hill and Chris Archer and Michael Waka are worse than Tyone and Kluber and Domingo Herman. These are the bad yeah. Yankees pitchers who Yankees fans are freaking out uh, uh, because, you know, they're unable to get past four innings, et cetera. Tyone has been good and then bad. Kluber was good, bad, bad. You know, these these people haven't been good. Domingo Herman, they get they yank him before things get too dark. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been particularly, he's just giving up homers. He gave up homers in 2019 when he was good too. These are, you know, nothing that these pitchers done have, has been out of character. They're either building up their strength or they're Domingo Herman surrendering homers. The raised pitchers that the Yankees have faced have been worse. Yeah. And, Five and- of the six. Yeah. And this weekend epitomized everything, at least from my perspective, this, you know, a team cannot hit when they are faced with every different possible kind of pitcher. The race threw 12 pitchers at them this weekend, ranging from guys like Michael Waka, Tyler Glass, now Hunter Strickland, Diego Castillo, Colin McHugh, who they managed to continue to beat up Jeffrey Springs, who is getting a lot of high leverage action early on in the year. I don't know who this guy is, but like 12 pitchers they face. They've had 12 different looks, guys with relatively all different kinds of stuff, and they can't, they just can't do it. Um, in my opinion, I think that the way that they started off this series, it just set the tone for the Rays to punch them in the mouth. You don't start Nick Nelson in an opener game. 
on Friday after you've had a day off. Uh, and instead of instead of starting Michael King, you know, I, I just and then the defense implodes for Luis Sessa. It's like it was a comedy of errors from the start. You knew that the pitching plan going into Friday was going to be wrong. They talked about bringing up. Well, and the best option would have been Davey Garcia. So that that's the part that puzzles me too. your clear best option is Davey Garcia. Davey Garcia is the next guy to make the roster at it on any department pitching uh, on the, on the bench, one of the position player starters, the, the bullpen starting rotation. He is the next guy and they opt to pitch him at the alternate site on Wednesday, instead of maybe just giving him a bullpen session and starting him on Friday. Instead, they go with Nick Nelson, who has kind of been nestling himself into more of a, uh, multi-inning relief role in the middle of the game or, or towards the end when, when the game's kind of out of reach, uh, has he been great? No. Does he have potential? Absolutely. We're, we're, we're not going to sit here and tell you Nick Nelson's a staple of the bullpen, but like jerking him around between doing that where he's, he looks to solely be coming into his own as opposed to starting him against the Rays in a series that like you kind of have to win is, is just a bad, it's just a bad move. Like Michael King, am I the biggest Michael King fan? No. Does he have his shortcomings? Absolutely. Has he looked solid this year? Yeah. Give him the start. He's a starter. He's been starting games for this team. I know he came in relief earlier in the year, but he went six innings, highly efficient, one hit. So try your luck with him. Who he, And he went three scoreless in this one too. He gave up two hits and three walks and struck out four. Like, that's totally fine. He only threw 69 pitches. Maybe throw him out there for another inning instead of already going to Luis Sessa. Like he has the mileage and the ability to do it. That that was it for me. And that that kind of set the tone. Um, and it's just embarrassing how like the Yankees can't even if even if the opener was the right decision for the Yankees, the Yankees can't get it right. Whereas the Rays can go their ace pitcher an opener and then Michael Waka, who's kind of teetering between starting games and like coming in during mop up time. So that's why it's even more embarrassing. And that's why it's just even more confusing because not only can this team not hit, which is what they're really supposed to be doing. We knew the defense was bad. We just didn't think it would be this bad. Um, we, we knew the pitching probably wouldn't be as wouldn't be too promising in the early going. It's a, a lot worse than I guess we thought it, the starting rotation, not the bullpen is a lot worse than that. But like even the basic decision-making cannot be right. Like Aaron Hicks still batting third. We're going with an opener in game 12 of the season when we have like, when we have the requisite arms to start games and eat some innings. So at top to bottom, like, I don't know, they, they need the men in black flasher. And that's like, that's what they need on the day off. And then just start, start from scratch because nothing on whatever this trajectory is, is just go, it's going to result in more losses because you could tell they're shook right now. You could tell that there there's no decision that ever goes right. You bring even, even the right decision to bring in Chad green against the blue Jays the other day went wrong. Bo Bichette walk off Homer within four pitches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, nothing's going right. Even the simplest decisions can't even be executed. And I don't know what needs to change, but I mean, a factory reset. I don't know how you do that with human beings, but there's got to be a way. It's just, you know, uh, the you're right. I don't think it's that, you know, sometimes malaise can lead fans to start saying things that you don't really mean and you're going to want to walk back. 
when you're like, these people don't even look like they care. These people don't even care. No, they they care too much. They care a lot. They care so much that they're pressing and look terrible. It's not the same thing. Like getting in your own head and being weirdly passive and weirdly aggressive on, on breakers in the dirt and stuff, not because the team doesn't care. Don't say that. Looking lifeless and not caring are two different things. They look completely lifeless right now because they don't have a spark. I just, I wish this team were more fun. I, you can't help but feel like there's something going on behind the scenes that has further poisoned this roster, that there's more to it. The reason I can't shake the slow start is because I can't get it out of my head that there's something to this beyond the X's and O's and that this is a group of people who won't work, who can get you to a large clump. You know, they can withstand a slow start and get you to a clump of regular season wins and win the AL East or win the wild card game and then not win the World Series. Like, because I, I'm watching, like you say, it's every day is a rerun. Every day looks like a team pressing. At no point has there been a break in the natural order of things that makes you feel in any way like they're more equipped to, to execute a plan. Um, a lot of people have had a lot of faith in management of this team. I am losing faith in the management of this team every day. Um, two things in recent history stand out as indicative of that. One is Nick Nelson starting Friday's game. And in the aftermath of that saying that he didn't remember his routine from being a starter and was a little uncomfortable going into it. Very That's good. two straight times that the Yankees have used an opener and the somebody involved in the proceedings has said, I'd rather not do that happened in the playoffs last year with Jay Happ happened in Nick Nelson's game on Friday. You should never be putting your players in a situation where they don't feel comfortable executing. It, and I'm not talking about a situation where they're nervous or there's nervous energy or it's a clutch situation. I'm talking about maximizing the talent of your own players. Jeffrey Springs, whoever he is, clearly felt confident in getting these final outs of these important games. The Rays maximize their players' talents better than anyone else, and the Yankees managed to minimize them. And, and it sounds like paranoid thought, like, oh, people come to the Yankees and they sign big contracts and then they suck, and people come to Boston and they're good. It's something rotten in the organization that, that knows how to maximize the value of the players and the assets they're getting and are able to say, I see something and I know that can play up in my system. And the Yankees are taking people and trying to fit them into holes that they have no intention of being in and saying, Nick Nelson, you haven't started in two years. You want to start tomorrow? And the guy's going, I have no idea how to do that. I, this is a major league baseball game. This isn't spring training. The, the pitcher is saying, I have no idea how to do that. So there's that. That stands out to me as something egregious that has now happened twice in two months of baseball action. And the other one is the Rugnet Odor trade, um, which proves to me that there's no plan. There was never a plan on this roster. The, the, there's no way the Yankees entered spring training targeting Rugnet Odor. There's no way the Yankees ended spring training targeting Rugnet Odor. And then suddenly a week into the season, Rugnet Odor is on your team. Jay Bruce is still on your team. And by the way, the Yankees almost traded Mike Talkman to make room on the roster for Jay Bruce, who just retired. That's something they also almost did. You want to talk about roster construction. They were like, should we trade a controllable, you know, three war outfielder from 2019 to put Jay Bruce on the team. Oh, never mind. Jay Bruce left baseball. That was a conversation at the end of spring training. The Rugnet Odor thing was like a roster explosion in the middle of the season, a week into there's no way they calculated for that. You can tell me that Brian Cashman is a mastermind and the front office has this delicate plan and intricate proceedings for the way that they've built a roster, but that's just not true. If a week and a half into the season, they're going, can we surrender three assets for the worst available player? Can we do that? Who's the absolute worst guy in major league baseball? Can we just throw a flyer at him? Can we throw junk? Is any other, is anybody else available? Can we just throw junk at an available person? Like, 
that move felt like the definition of panic a week into the season. So you're not allowed to tell me that the Yankees have some intractable, intractable plan that you're not allowed to doubt. And then also tell me that Nick Nelson started on Friday and didn't know how to do it. And Rugnetto doors on the roster now, despite no one having any interest in him a week prior. Those don't jive. And I'm sorry. And the actions speak louder than the words that you perceive. Yeah. Fans I, I, perceive that there's a plan. We don't know there's a plan. And so I'm going to listen to the actions over the fan base telling me there's a bigger picture here. I, I agree. And that's that's where the uncomfortable conversation is. We wrote about, I wrote about it the other day. I don't want to throw you under the bus yet. But no, uh, no. is it time to think that Brian Cashman could potentially be on the hot seat in 2021, depending on He's what speaking, happens? Breaking news. He's speaking at 1230, by the way. OK, I guess we'll hopefully I don't know. We're going to I don't know what that's going to do for anybody. Nothing. So, He's going to say yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think it's is it hot takey to say this? Uh, it's like, it's, it's probably toward closer to the hotter end than the cold, but you have to, and also this, this likely isn't going to continue, but based on the problems that we've seen over the last two, three years that are still persisting in 2021, when the Yankees at the very least were supposed to get off to a nice start to make us forget about all that. You look at this roster construction, all the things you just said, we're trading for, why are we trading for Rugna door? You want to know why? Because we don't have any lefties because they decided they decided to build this team righty heavy and acquire. I, I did at the time that I hate the Giancarlo Stanton trade. Uh, I didn't hate it. I, I was more so confused. Giancarlo Stanton and was the NL MVP that year. He's still he's still theoretically a great player, just not a player this team needs. You didn't need to acquire a three hundred million dollar contract for a guy who is just the same as everybody else. He's more a tree, a three true outcomes player than anything else. He the kind of is a tree. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he is a tree. Um, hopefully, that turns around and he and he grows some branches and starts raking. But I I, I just don't know because there's been. And you can talk about the 2020 postseason performance all you want. That's great. It was a streak of seven hot games and every just about every player has that. So to be like, oh, John Carlos saying different, dude, six home runs, seven games like this is it. It's like, no, like that's what he's capable of doing. And then, you know, when teams are throwing him fastballs, stop throwing him fastballs. You see what happens at this point. But anyway, John Carlos Stanton, redundant player based on how this roster was already structured now because there's this imbalance in the lineup and they need lefties in it's giving Aaron Boone, the excuse to bench Clint Frazier and start Gardner. But I know that there's also actual reasoning behind that because Clint Frazier is not playing well. Uh, and then you have Aaron Hicks stuck in the three hole solely because he's a switch hitter. There is no other reason for it. Aaron Hicks is not a three hitter. Historically he doesn't make a lot of contact. Yes, he does walk a lot, but uh, bad career with the bases loaded, not great with runners in scoring position, like guy that just should not be your number three hitter. And then they have to trade for Rugno Odor because they need another lefty in the lineup at, at this point because it's totally imbalanced. So the roster construction is on the front office. I know they've been faced with a couple of tough things because like, what are you going to do this offseason? You're really not going to re-sign DJ LeMahieu because you are assuming Glaber Torres can't play shortstop? Like, at the end of the day, I do have sympathy for the front office because they're faced with these silly decisions where it's like, okay, we have to let our team MVP go because like we think Labor Torres is a better second baseman than a shortstop. And like, we can't trade Labor Torres at this point because he's largely on tap potential, but now we're seeing Labor Torres very much probably can't handle shortstop through the first 15 games that we've seen. So uh, you look at the pitching too. I don't want to get too much into the pitching because I promised I wouldn't start ranting until May, but we have one good starter 
opted to let Tanaka go. Whether you agree with that or not is totally fine. There's reasons on both sides to, 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 to support that. But then you bring in two guys who have been injury prone the last two years and expect them to kind of carry the load. Now, all of a sudden, the starting rotation can't get through four innings for the most part. And then there's a strain on the bullpen already. And then you hang on for Domingo Herman this long and stand by him during these domestic abuse uh, allegations. And then he comes and falls flat on his face in the first two starts. So this is very much on the roster construction. It's very much on the front office. Will it turn around? Hopefully. Does it, does it have a shot at turning around? Absolutely. This team is capable of winning a hundred games at the flip of a switch. But like I said, in the DNA of this team, there seems to be a lack of fire and motivation. There seems to be a very great lack of fundamentals and a very great lack of gumption in big situations. And I, that you have to, that has to be factored into the front office's decision-making. And it's a lot, a lot, they're at fault a lot here. And the Red Sox got swept in a doubleheader on Sunday and have opened Monday's game with six straight hits off Lucas Giolito. That's a team that knows how to punch back and wants to win baseball games. Are they incredible? I don't know, but they didn't spend an offseason being spoon-fed the talk that they were going to walk to the World Series automatically like the Yankees were. And they've come out and made their own narrative, and the Yankees have accepted a narrative people imbued upon them and done nothing to earn it, nothing at all. We will be back on Wednesday, discussing only one baseball game. Luckily, there's no game on this Monday. Nobody needs a reset more than the Yankees. Brian Cashman's not going to tell us anything worthwhile, but at the very least, he is showing his face. That's that's something. I guess that's more than we probably expected. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. If that's something you want to do, we're clearly on hinge at the moment, but I do think we have a solid uh, conception of what's going on with this team. And uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint the culprit here. There's a ton of, every time I think I, every time I think I've named the worst Yankee and the biggest defender and the biggest problem, I remember three more who are seem completely un, unfixable at this juncture. So until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, we're feeling raw right now. So anything you say on Twitter might be met with an overreaction. And that's how we live. That's how we want to live. And it's more fun that way. But until then, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Uh, we got a lot of doomsday content for you. People are loving it. Uh, a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, also, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. And until then, we'll see you on Wednesday. Hopefully, uh, at this press conference, Brian Cashman just, just doesn't say, fuck it, I'm resigning. Because at this point, I'd probably do that if I was the GM. Pull a Jay Bruce. And see you on Wednesday, everybody. So, as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.